take a walk, ride, stroll, or just listen as you take hold and engage because you are now entering the Cerebral Podcast. Joke of the day. I was born on World Prematurity Day on November 17th. I just arrived more than 30 years prematurely. Thought of the day. The word perspective has respect in it. I just needed some extra time to find both. Hello and welcome back to the Cerebral Podcast. This is episode 31. Thank you for joining me today. Preface. November is Prematurity Awareness Month. November also happens to be my birthday month. And I was born two months prematurely. As I mentioned in the joke, I was born on November 17th. November 17th also became World Prematurity Day in 2009. Today, I wanted to talk about World Prematurity Day. I will talk about some of the history of the March of Dimes. After that, I will mention the Willowbrook Institution and some of the attitudes in the 1970s and 80s. You will hear a PSA from Star Wars actor Mark Hamill. I will also mention the nine elements of self-determined behavior. Next, in this week's Rope, I will talk about a Rodney Dangerfield birthday gift that helped me reframe my perspective on disabilities. At the end of the episode, I will give my personal unscripted reflections after writing the episode. So let's get started. World Prematurity Day is about raising awareness through the March of Dimes and other organizations that promote maternal health. The March of Dimes is a nonprofit organization in the United States that works to improve the health and safety of mothers and babies. According to its website, we believe every baby deserves the best possible start. Unfortunately, not all babies get one. We are changing that. The March of Dimes was founded by President Franklin D. Roosevelt in 1938. It began as the National Foundation for Infantile paralysis to help fight polio. The name March of Dimes came from a fundraising campaign on the radio in 1938. Listeners to the radio show were asked to mail a dime to President Roosevelt. The White House mailroom later received 2.6 million dimes. After funding Jonas Salk's polio vaccine, the organization expanded its focus to the prevention 
of birth defects and infant mortality. As of 2005, preterm births emerged as a leading cause of death for children worldwide. Therefore, research and prevention of premature births became the primary focus. According to the March of Dimes, premature birth happens before 37 weeks of pregnancy. Babies who survive premature birth also have long-term health problems like cerebral palsy, intellectual disabilities, chronic lung disease, blindness, and hearing loss. In the United States, about 380,000 babies are born prematurely each year. According to the March of Dimes, when a baby is born prematurely, the family faces a stressful new world. Often parents see the baby only for a moment before he or she is rushed away to the newborn intensive care unit. It is also known as the NICU. Families with premature babies often referred to the NICU as a roller coaster experience. According to the March of Dimes, day-to-day -day life gets completely disrupted, leaving parents and their families in layers of financial and other stress. Here is a clip of Star Wars actor Mark Hamill doing a public service announcement for the March of Dimes in 1977. Research has shown that some birth defects can be prevented by proper prenatal care, and that includes good nutrition. Remember, everything that you put in your body affects your unborn child. Cigarettes, drugs, alcohol, avoid them all. If we're to take effective action against birth defects, it's up to all of you out there. And your responsibility as a parent starts before your baby's born. So please, take care of yourself. It's up to you. In last week's episode, I talked about the life course theory and the trajectories, transitions, and turning points. The state of Virginia has a project focused on practicing skills and using self-determined behavior. The projects help those with disabilities to undertake control in their lives and help them set and steer the course rather than remaining a silent passenger. The first element of the I Am Determined program is choice making. The second element is decision making. The third is problem solving. The fourth is goal setting and attainment. The fifth is self-regulation. The sixth is self-advocacy. The seventh is internal locus of control. The eighth is self-efficacy. And the ninth is self-awareness. In this week's Rite of Passage Experiences, or ROPE, I want to talk about my birthday and some of the difficulties and good things that I learned through having my disability. I have also talked to a number of social workers and disability professionals 
who worked in disability services in the 1970s and 80s. They have told me how different society was. They have also told me how the support systems in those decades were drastically different. Parents often felt shame and blame for the birth of the premature child. Professionals also often shame and blamed parents for their premature child. The social systems often marginalized kids with disabilities. Professionals would often use negative language. In 1972, Geraldo Rivera was a local New York investigative reporter. Even in his report on the Willowbrook Institution, he and the medical staff referred to people with disabilities as being mentally retarded. That was a commonly used term back then for people with disabilities. The term mentally retarded today is a derogatory or mean-spirited phrase toward people with disabilities. My parents worked with me for hours on physical and other therapy with different affiliates of the United Cerebral Palsy in the 1970s and 80s. One of the important things that I did with my parents, doctors, through surgeries and different professionals was to push myself physically and mentally to get stronger. My parents wanted me to be mainstreamed and complete tasks as best I could with regular kids. Although I had a lot of social-emotional difficulties in school, the plan and the resources at the time made it logical. Yes, I was medically fragile as a premature baby, but by the time I went to school, I had been using crutches for a few years. I wasn't nearly as fragile as people thought by that time. Every time I slipped and fell, which was pretty often, some people wanted to call an ambulance. That fragile attitude was shared by teachers, parents, and other kids because they had never seen a kid in a wheelchair or crutches before. I often got questions about polio because a lot of the parents and teachers were unfamiliar with other disabilities. They knew more about polio because of Franklin Delano Roosevelt and Jonas Salk developed the polio vaccine. Polio was much more well known than cerebral palsy. People didn't know much about cerebral palsy in the general population. Over time, through parents and teachers, they realized that I wasn't fragile, especially when I clanked my way around school with my crutches. My crutches were a lot noisier then. Kids could hear me coming down the hall, so they had plenty of time to move out of the way. So why am I talking about my medical fragility perception in relation to my birthday? Because I received an unexpected birthday gift. There was a comedian in the 1970s named Rodney Dangerfield. When I first heard that name growing up, 
I thought that was a really fragile name. He was known for making fun of himself with a no-respect theme. One of my favorite jokes was, I told my psychiatrist, everyone hates me. He said I was being ridiculous because everyone hasn't met me yet. One time for my birthday, I got a comedy album from my older brother, Pete. Rodney's over-the-top delivery made him famous in the 1970s and 80s with movies like Caddyshack and Back to School. Here's a clip of some no-respect jokes. I tell you, I'm all right now, but last week I was in rough shape. I don't get a break with nothing. I played hide-and-seek when I was three. No respect. No respect. Why, they wouldn't even look for me. No respect. No respect. I was an ugly kid. I never had fun. No respect. No respect. They took me to a dog show, and I won. No respect. No respect. When I was born, I brought no joy. No respect. No respect. My old man said he wanted a boy. No respect. No respect. I was an ugly kid, always alone. No respect. No respect. Halloween, I had to trick or treat over the phone. No respect. No respect. Rodney Dangerfield helped me realize that I wasn't medically fragile anymore. He did some pretty corny one-liners. And even though I wasn't medically fragile, I was still sometimes sophomoric, silly, and premature. How could you use hobbies or humor to help your disability? How could you turn your danger field into your own playing field? Are there ideas from this episode that you could lean into or engage with? Personal reflection. Here are some unscripted personal reflections. My parents, when I was growing up, supported the March of Dimes, and they got a lot of parents who understood, uh, because of the community, about some of the similar issues. One of the things that I would recommend is, especially with the dignity and respect that I talked about in episode two, is that Parents also need dignity and respect to increase larger living space and learning space. I also got help from United Cerebral Palsy, and I had surgeries through the Hospital for Special Surgery in New York City. I had about four surgeries. In a later podcast, I will talk about some of the surgeries that I had. Another thing that I realized was that friends and family support often has to come in as ancillary support because the parents are often the only people who are allowed to to care for or even see the baby when they're in the intensive care unit. So 
anything that family or friends can do from a secondary or tertiary point of view would be helpful to parents uh, to relieve their stress. There's really nothing uh, as far as the first level stress um, that can be done to help parents uh, relieve that stress. Part of the stress that I think it is, is just having to adjust to the new reality and the new situation. And I've talked about this in uh, previous episodes this month. It just takes more time to get adjusted to. And oftentimes parents are, before the child is born, they're thinking about the nine months or six months uh, before the child's born. And then they get a surprise and shock with a premature baby and they first of all don't know how to process it but they just don't have the time because there is so much trauma and critical decisions happening so quickly mentally and physically things get so tied up into so many different knots of anxiety and stress they just need time to make adjustments so just giving parents time can be very helpful um, and even just allowing them to talk or listen to me or even just to help them process in whatever way uh, is possible um, just so that they know that there's there's a path out there even though it's not necessarily the path that a parent wanted or was looking for. A lot of times, kids with disabilities cause change the shift for parents from a data perspective or from a development perspective to a social emotional learning perspective. And a lot of that is just because the uh, the time that it takes longer to achieve different results or uh, to achieve different milestones. I can include more about milestones in the notes for the individual uh, babies and the developments and some of the development cycle checklists. I was happily surprised that Mark Hamill did a March of Dimes PSA because part of having a disability is about having a war or just having to adjust to different needs and learning about new realities and new challenges. And that's a lot of what Star Wars is about is learning to not only train yourself for new challenges, but how to work through some of the issues that people have. One of the things that I really want to uh, think that I've done and want to continue to do is I want to really, through just talking about some of the some of the history that I that I've had, I want to really talk about uh, and reflect forward rather than backward. I don't 
because I know the situation situation for me was different and there are available resources. But in most of the research that I've done, a lot of the situations and the systems haven't necessarily changed. So it's, I really want to, rather than look back, I want to, ref, I want to reflect forward to try to help parents and kids learn about new strategies and new ways of thinking around the growth mindset um, so that they realize that the disability, yes, is harder, but with the right supports and the um, the right situations, they can uh, people with disabilities and their families can be successful. Premature for premature babies, yes, it is a danger field, but over time, it doesn't have to be, especially with the support from medical professionals and guidance from occupational and physical therapists. They can provide different resources and physical and emotional supports, not only for the child, but also for the parent and for the families. Previous listeners to the podcast know how important for me the literary devices and writing has been, and I encourage families and parents to really write or express their frustration, their fear, even their grief, so that they can help process it. And there are people, but there are also different ways to express the grief and the sadness. And I just encourage you to find positive ways to process whatever issues or feelings parents have. Positive and negative feelings are both okay and even normal. Thank you for listening to this extra reflection and ramble. Thank you for allowing me to be a voice inside your head. Please share this podcast with someone you know. Were there one or two specific things that you learned or liked Would you mind joining and sharing it on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group? You can listen to the show on Podbean, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Thank you to the listeners who support the show on the Cerebral Podcast Facebook group. I invite you to join the group. You can also email the show at thecerebralpodcast at gmail.com or send questions, comments, or ideas for the show. And remember, it takes effort to be vulnerable, be accountable, and be respectful in the way you treat others and yourself. You can be the biggest variable in your life when you take ownership. Now, take hold, engage in your world. You are now leaving the Cerebral Podcast. Always well, I, I, I never give up.